0: afternoon. I'm your host, Nina Serrano. In the studio today is my guest, poet Mary Rudge, the Poet Laureate of the City of Alameda. She recently returned from a gathering of Poet Laureates in Sacramento, California. Welcome, Mary.
1: It's always so wonderful
0: to be on this show. I just love to think of all those
1: listening minds out there.
0: (laughs) Well, it's exciting always and always long-awaited for you to come back, and I'm so glad you're here today. So, I want to know, what's the story of this term, poet laureate? Well, poets were honored and recognized
1: long before many other lifestyles, and in ancient Greece, before Christ appeared on this earth, people had gods of their own invention, and they lived on Mount Olympus. Nine were muses, each had a separate aspect of poetry in charge. Then they would have a big gathering, a peak experience on the top of this mountain, and the poets would be honored with their heads crowned with laurel leaves, crowning the intellect, honoring the intellect. Then they'd bring out a few athletes and have a few games to entertain them. <laughs> But probably because of the difficulty of translations of poetry out into the rest of the world, you know, the athletes ran with the ball and became the Olympics and uh, took it over and left poetry out and actually trademarked the name. No one else can use the name Olympics, but we know that it was originally to honor
0: writers that writing came first. And how does being Poet Laureate impact your life actually
1: I'm also an international poet laureate uh, which connects us country to country and that has been one of my goals in Alameda because we're a small island but we're very multifaceted multicultural we have Korean poets Uh, my neighborhood is about one third Filipino we have wonderful poets who are Uh, Cherokee Native American Chinese and to bring all of these groups together we have programs on translation because um, some write in their own language first of all and and they dream in their own language and then uh, English is their second language then we have poetry readings every month at the Alameda library open to all ages everybody we have um I conduct tours around the island of sites where writers connected with the island have lived, and I talk about their connection. That would be people like William Soroy and Jim Morrison, who formed the Doors, who went to high school in Alameda, uh, Phyllis Stiller, um, Jack London, Robert Louis Stevenson. We were successful in getting streets named for uh, two of these writers. We want more streets named for writers. We have... Um, Uh, wonderful celebrations in the park where I I coordinate um, numerous poets to come and read and at the street fairs on stage so it's an ongoing everyday work connection the telephone always rings with somebody who wants to uh, know something about poetry or if their child is talented we're all born with talent it's just squelched out of us sometimes before we get it out there and get recognized. Yesterday, I spoke to a high school in Alameda who honored their writers with a writer's luncheon for four, five years, actually. They have won a national award from the uh, Scholastic Society for their publication called Prisms. And today, I spoke at an assembly of writers at a senior center in Oakland who had a fantastic anthology also called Shifting Landscapes and they were really having a great celebration everybody was just so elegantly and so happy and and so honored to be there and I was honored to be there too it's always great to be with the writers and um See What else would you like to know?
0: (laughs) Well, I heard one of those stories of the senior writers there from the West Oakland Senior Center. And they were really a talented group of writers. So it sounds like being Poet Laureate keeps you very busy. You're dealing with the young writers. You're dealing with the old writers. You're dealing with putting literature out in front of the community and integrating it into community events all the time.
1: When I was made a Poet Laureate, Uh, Someone flew over from China, actually, and spoke to the city council and thanked them for having made someone a Poet Laureate of their city who had had visits to China and appreciated the culture. So, actually, you connect with the rest of the world
0: through writing. It's very important. You had said it in your opening remark that you felt that you weren't just the city of Alameda Poet Laureate, but you were an international poet laureate is there some particular event you're referring to well there's an organization um the same
1: group of people that crowned the poet laureate of england who was chosen by the queen uh, many many years ago this organization's been going on quite some time there are groups of people that have world congresses of poets will be one in 209 in nicaragua which i hope to go to they had one in China we were guests of the government however it, we were very controlled I felt but it was certainly a beautiful um, uh, culture the wonderful buildings they had built they have an entire gallery for paper cutting they have an entire gallery for photography They're huge huge buildings just very beautiful they were getting ready for the Olympics so back to the Olympics again
0: <laughs> they did all that for sports well What did you find when you met with all the California Poet Laureates in Sacramento? Were there common threads and common experiences and common desires? Well, the amazing thing is that everyone who had been chosen to
1: be a Poet Laureate of their city or county was an extremely hard-working person. And each of them said, you know, this is not about me. This is about words helping the community changing people's ideas transforming people bringing people together and people who were poet laureate were were there overcoming great obstacles many of them Uh, Perry Longo was there with her book in which she was a caregiver for her husband who died and the poems were so poignant and so meaningful they spoke for so many people Uh, Connie Post from Livermore's books, two of her books dealt with her autistic son. You don't normally find poets standing up and saying, you know, this is my life and this is what I do and this is what my family is like. But the poet laureate persona becomes sort of a spokesperson for all kinds of joy, all kinds of trauma. Diane Lando, the poet laureate at Brentwood, uh, makes her living teaching... Um, horseback riding and piano but she still is suffering pain from multiple sclerosis. She knows that that's a degenerative disease and she has to deal with that in her poetry and in her life. Cynthia Bryant who was a poet laureate, she was not there because she has moved to another state and they have a new poet laureate but I'm just calling up an issue she uh, had books that referred to her overcoming her the the anger and pain that she had been through as a victim of abuse and incest and carolyn uh, greenlee was there although they also lick county also has another new poet laureate she was the only poet laureate in the state who was chinese and so she's wants to always be included because her culture is not going to be spoken for if she is not there and even though she's going blind she came and was on stage and said this might be the last time she would be able to read her poems but she didn't see them but she wanted to be there so these are brave brave people our state poet laureate um, Al Young everybody who knows him knows how his rhythm and the fact that he reads with musicians and the fact that he's able to uh, also present uh, an an attitude and idea that uh, brings you, it, you just identify with him you know so so you learn about other people you learn uh it's without sex it's without uh age
0: it's just poetry and it's there and it's a very healing art and what would you say that people had to say about being poet laureate what, what were there any common Commentaries or common demands. Each city had a different criteria. Some cities expected
1: a poet laureate to show up at big civic functions and write a poem about the dedication of something or the building of something. Other poet, other cities said, "Well, you know, you are who you are. If you don't write on demand, uh, whatever you write, we appreciate it, and uh, we are honoring you for our language." For leadership, for being a resource to people, for being willing to go into schools and um, maybe juvenile halls, hospitals, different situations, and handle it. We, We trust your power of words to make a difference. So I think it depends on the individual poet, what they're willing to accept. It depends on the individual city, what the city is looking for. For instance, in Ukiah, the poet laureate, uh, David Farron Smith, is a wonderful, wonderful um, activist. He's been to Baghdad. He's uh, written quite a few poems and a a book about Beyond Borders. His daughter goes to a school, mm, I think it's 10,000 Buddhas, or maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe it's 1,000 Buddhas, uh, but that's, that's the kind of people they are. And uh, he also coordinates an entire haiku contest every year for yukaya, which is haiku spelled backwards.
0: Oh. <laughs> was was it named Ukaya on purpose?
1: No. Uh-oh. Just one of those symbiotic, wonderful relationships, you know, serendipity comes along and you
0: tie the words together. Well when I was talking to Poet Laureate of San Francisco, um Jack Hershman. Oh wow, Jack Hershman. He commented that he kept hearing people say that he felt that the post- that the many people there had felt the post needed some funding because there was so much that the poet laureate was called upon to do and that all the transportation and all of the production of paper to be distributed at these events etc were all coming out of the poet's pocket was that a common that's
1: true most of us are paying for everything ourselves it's our sacrifice it's our donation to the world it's our tithing to the world but basically we would like (laughs) help I mean, if if you come under the auspices of city department, recreation department or library, sometimes that staff will help you with mail outs or posters or uh, things that are publicity, something that you might need to make an event successful if you're just uh, the poet laureate I don't know how Jack Hirschman does the wonderful things that he does, he got poets from many countries to come here for a huge festival that took place at about five different locations i was at the one of the grandest ones at the um... uh... palace of uh, fine arts and they had little tiny booklets on every um, every armrest and and the most beautiful program and uh, you could buy you know travel bags with the uh, poets um, festival logo on it and it was just a wonderful wonderful thing to do for the world and he housed those poets in different people's houses I was sitting next to a poet that said she was going to have three of the poets from three different countries sleeping on sleeping bags on her living room floor so In the beginning, I said, how did you do this? You know, and he said, well, you know, first of all, the library agreed to back him. Then they were wonderful about it. And then he went to the mayor's office and then the mayor said, oh, this is a big ambitious plan, but how are you going to finance it? And he said, well, that's why I'm here in your office. And then I didn't hear the rest of it, but that was the beginning. He is so brave. and, And this was a great thing to do, to bring people of different Nationalities, countries, persuasions, countries that don't get along with each other, to come here to San Francisco, to come there to San Francisco. I wish they could come to Alameda. I'm often asked to coordinate a World Congress of Poets or a statewide convention in Alameda, but we have no facility. We don't have oh. a room, an auditorium, or a hotel big enough for these kind of conferences for people to um, to put on these events so i just came back from one in ontario california the california federation of chaparral poets incorporated it's the uh, oldest poetry organization in the state and uh, there were you know hundreds of people come and they have workshops get up at eight o'clock in the morning have a workshop till 10 take a 15 minute break have another workshop till noon take a Noon break, have an afternoon workshop, one put on by high school kids from um, Fairfield who were bused down by their teacher. She arranged that some marvelous way and they created a whole room as a poetry environment for all of us to write poetry in going from station to station. And they interacted with us and they wrote also. Some of them were barefoot. Some of them had little stuffed animals on their heads. They were, they were charming. You know, you have to love each other when you go to these poetry things.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of love each other and poetry, I love hearing your poetry. And I think many of our listeners who've heard you before do too. And many are probably very curious to hear the work of poet laureate of the city of Alameda, Mary Rudge.
1: Thank you. I'm going to have a new book. It's called Skin of God. These are excerpts from the book. So I'm doing a smaller book with excerpts before I can um, get the larger book published. And the reason it has that name is the ancient uh, Chinese discovered paper. And paper was so unusual and so precious that any little fragment that was found was saved. Little teeny pieces, the size of your fingernail, would be saved and saved, and called it the skin of God. So my my poems. These poems are from that forthcoming book. Hey you, poet of 2008. Hey you, poet of 2008. Your metaphor is zoomed by on rollerblades. You meteor past nations' boundaries. You know how to integrate, how to mosaic. In your hand to hold tangible each separate stone become one precious handful. So your words. You who've been everywhere on electric scooter since childhood with your electric guitar, even now on your Vespa and Harley and Cessna, even just strolling along, a world culture is yours as never before. Press a button on your computer. Peace culture possible. You have walked through your ancestors' door to never return to old wrong ways, never a generation like this before. Fate of poets of 2008 to be a not-for-war one, no to feed, clothe, love, cure. What's left to write about? Oh, yes, the plum blossomed early. Many millions of butterflies are still in migration. Many millions of juveniles are still imprisoned. Don't forget to notice.
0: Oh, thank you, Mary. You just heard Mary Rudge reading from her latest manuscript, The Sin of God. Do you have a few more for, for us? time. Okay.
1: Yes. All right, I'd like to read this one. This is a song revision from, you know, We All Live in a Yellow Submarine. And it's called Yellow Boat. It's for my Cherokee friends, Red. Uh, who have a band called Redbird Giving, Blake, Nanette, and Charlie. We are all together in a yellow boat. There is no word in Cherokee for submarine. Our boat is for watching kingfishers dip, dive, and east terns lay eggs precious as pearls in the sand of shores. We slip over sea surface beside seal and otter, and over us egrets and eagles fly in open sky. Babies are born on board. Mothers and fathers kiss their pretty feet and bellies, these babies. Give them names of beloved Earth's children. Laughing Elk, Crescent Moon, South Wind Dancing, Little Bear. Wrap them in star quilts grandmothers made. Make ready for them the beaded shoes they need for their journey's run. So we go with music of reed and wood, gourd and seed, hand drum, flute and rattle, poem song. We have yarrow and milk thistle, tree bark, squash, corn with its gold silk tassels and green husk. All together, tribal people, all races together. We want no one lost in the sea. All to be community. All colors joined in our yellow boat, be a life raft for everyone, our hearts want to be. Float into the future, our constitution, the great law of peace of the Iraqi, our written language alphabet designed by one person, a sequoia. We carry thunder and volcano and whirlwind, voyage through barrios and lift the children out of hunger and from streets of empty alcohol promises beyond broken bottles and broken promises we travel on swift waters we pause at islands to dance our blankets spread for sleep surrounded by animal spirits buffalo, coyote and many guises red fox, curlew, osprey, salmon, salmon whale and more as family we carry bones of our ancestors and cherish them memory, history we are all together in a yellow boat because we have no use for war We want no weapons no enemy and we have no word in cherokee for submarine wow well the issues in this you know are that uh um there's some anger and frustration that uh uh, about having to reject people from the tribe because of governmental designs or money or uh, casinos profits or something and so this is um, uh, you know the plea that the degrees of blood and not and love bonds and marriages and adoptions and those who have been been given sanctuary or lived among the Cherokees for many years will all uh, be uh, cherokee included in some way we don 't know how that will happen, but also the growing uh, separation between humanity and nature that 's been brought about by um, education and social programs that ignore the native history and belief. We hope there'll be a change there. So we hope that this is, um, I'm I'm not Cherokee but I lived in Oklahoma. I was educated in high school there and grew up among a lot of tribal people that were able to present their dances and songs in assembly. So the person that would be sitting next to you or become your friend would be Yvonne in school and the next you saw her at a in anadarko at a powwow she'd be princess pale moon all dressed in her beautiful leather and riding her white pony across the plains and you know you wish you could belong too but your genetic structure was against you too so uh, the cherokee are extremely loving and inclusive they're more cherokee in oklahoma in california than in any other state uh except oklahoma and um, so they are all hoping for a wonderful unity and that all creation exists together
0: and all humanity is in the same boat is their, their motif. I think we have time for one more closing poem, Mary, and then we'd like to hear about your upcoming projects.
1: Well, if I look at this poem. Is it too long? I'll read it fast. This is a poem that won the Golden Pegasus Award. Okay, Golden okay this is a once Pegasus in a lifetime award. award that you can win uh at the convention of the nonprofit California Federation of Chaparral Poets It has chapters up and down the the bay and um uh, has conventions once a year which are very well, I think you pay about fifteen dollars to go or something, thirty five dollars to go, but you have to find a place to stay or you have to pay to stay in the hotel. So this was the poem that won, um, and it's called The Poets. He was a poet who never had a published book, who had a book, but it never sold, who never wrote a poem, but knew he was a poet, who wrote 600 poems and burned them all, a poet whose children said, what shall we do with these papers after you die, a poet whose computer crashed, losing all poems, whose poems were stolen in a briefcase from the backseat of his car. A poet who was homeless, who wrote on the sidewalk with chalk, who told his poetry only to the sun and the moon, who read his poetry in coffee houses in the den of espresso machines. A poet who said, poetry is ageless and genderless and without a country. A poet who said, only a man of my age and experience and nationality could write like that. A poet whose muse said goodbye. In Morocco, he was a poet who had a block and couldn't write for 15 years. A poet who said, I take responsibility because I see me handwrite it, but it just comes. He was a poet who won a genius grant and spent it foolishly. A poet who went into business to feed his family and gave up art. A poet who left all he knew and owned to only write. A poet who studied form and aimed for perfection. Who read a book of poems every day in the library who took everyone's poetry class and never found himself, who translated other poets and forgot his own work, who said, I never read others, so I will be truly original. A poet whose parents said, Poets are crazy and die young. Who knew at least 20 other poets who were crazy and died young? He was a poet who woke up every day in ecstasy, a poet who said, I will teach this in schools, and did. A poet who was me. Every time I looked in the mirror.
0: Thank you, Mary <laughs> Rudge, for that poem which won the Golden Pegasus Award. Uh, maybe you could give the quickest uh, version of the story of how you carried home the Golden Pegasus Award.
1: Oh no, that would be too. That's too long of a story. I'll tell that some other time. But uh, people can meet me and see this award on display at the Frank Bet Center in Alameda. Um, It's on the corner of Peru and Lincoln. They have a poetry contest. You can win $100. You write a poem that has some reference to Alameda in it and drop it in. And my project, of course, which you have been involved with me in the past with, never would have happened without your involvement, is uh, a collection of chapbooks on the theme of peace gathered from different poetry readings throughout the Bay Area and published in three chapbooks And now uh, there's an international chat book in connection
0: with them that's going to come out, and they'll all be combined. Won't it be wonderful? Wonderful, because this war, when we started that project, that must have been five and a half years ago. I think we first started before Bush formally declared the war. We were protesting with poetry against the war, and now... 2008, almost halfway through, there's still war, and we have a candidate who says that he promises us at least a hundred more years of war, so this anthology of poetry uh, was never more needed.
1: Well, the cover is going to be, it's already done by a Persian artist, it's, um, uh, you know, winged birds flying. And it's quite beautiful. And we don't
0: have a title for this book yet. Well, if any listener thinks they could call in a title, would you be willing to stay for a few minutes, Mary? Maybe you and I can stay and people can call us with suggested book titles for Poetry Peace Anthology. And the -the on-the-air number is 848-4425. 848-4425. And make it short and give us your title. I say make it short so that we'll have time to answer the next call and this has been a great pleasure having you on the yeah, program. But don't Mary. call
1: if you're on the freeway on your cell phone. Right, right to Nina Serrano at KPFA. She'll get the she'll get the That's message. right. Don't
0: do it if you're on the freeway. Right. <laughs> We're looking for a peace title for a peace poetry anthology and peace be with you.
1: Thank you,
0: thank you, Nina. You're welcome, very welcome, Mary Rutch.
1: Hello, this is Julia Butterfly Hill. While living in the now permanently protected over 1,000 year old Redwood Luna, I prayed one day asking how we best make positive change in our world. The answer came to me in the form of an equation. Truth plus hope equals action equals change. It is only through public and alternative press like KPFA that we as people can find the true information and inspiration necessary in changing our world. Please, support KPFA and be a part of actively empowering positive change in our world.
0: Our spring fun drive was a success and raise $660,000. We extend special appreciation to our generous community of listeners, phone room volunteers, and our dedicated programmers and staff. We kept our promise to end the fund drive on time and return to regular programming, but we have to continue raising funds online at www.kpfa.org for the coming few days to reach our goal. Please visit www.kpfa.org and browse through all the special gifts we have.